popsyndicate.com. Your one stop for all your unhealthy obsessions. Breaking news and in-depth reviews on all of your favorite movies, music, TV shows, podcasts, comics, books. Popsyndicate.com. This is Thumbs of Fury with Mark, Dave and Dustin, three brave men who dare to punch pop culture right where it hurts, the tibia. Today, Mark tells you what to think about Jack Black's latest, Be Kind Rewind, while Dave catches up with Jason Statham and Jet Li in War, and Dustin enters the vault to review 24 Season 1. Are you ready? 3, 2, 1... Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode one of our review series, Three Thumbs of Fury, or just Thumbs of Fury. I can never get it straight. Whichever one you want to use. Yes, whatever you want to use. There's three <laughs> thumbs here. That's what matters. And he just broke the mic. Uh-oh. So while Dave's Not doing that. Not a good that, start to this. Uh, while he's breaking no. mics, this is a spinoff of our other podcast, wherever you're hearing this from, whether it's uh, a new feed or you're on the break room feed or you're... Just listening to this from Pop Syndicate. Wherever out there. Wherever you are in Wherever podcast in land. the universe. We're a spinoff of The Break Room, which you yes. can find at breakroom.org. Now, this is... Um, the reason we're doing this podcast is... Because we're really behind on reviews. Because we... None of us have ever learned how to type. The only thing we know how to do is podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, in order That's for so us true, to Dave. do reviews for Pop Syndicate, we've decided to put in podcast format. Truly, is there a more superior review the than the lashings audio? from... The slave driver that is Stefan. I really think talking is superior to writing anyways. It is. Nobody reads It's a more anymore. advanced form of communication. A word is exactly. worth a thousand keystrokes. Who reads? <laughs> Not me. Not me. Mm-hmm. The mouth is mightier than the word. Than yes. The pen. Exactly. So what do you have for us today, Mark? What do I have? Today? Do we well, start it off that way? Uh, I don't know. Hopefully do we'll get better over time at starting it off. It's yeah. a little bumpy, today, you know? Let's start it off with Mark. Look, we'll think of it What's this way. Review? Well, hold on a second. I think it's just to criticize ourselves. Let's this go. is like Joey after Friends. We're going to have a few bumps in the road, and we might ultimately get canceled. <laughs> but we're going to be a little bumpy for a while. Are you saying Joey was a bad show? It was a terrible is show. Is that what you're telling people to believe about that show? Believe it. It's terrible. One thumb down. Me and Dave like to review things and give you our opinion. Mark tells you what to think about things, hey. as <laughs> intro stated. We punch him in the tibia. That's true. We know where to hurt him. Hey, that's, that's getting a little vulgar. So, Stop yes. That. Tibia? Yeah. We know what so, you mean. We know what you mean. It's a thinly veiled reference. The leg? Okay. For all of our normal listeners, let's point out there will be no drops. Nope. This is family friendly. This is family friendly. That's good. There will be no friendly. bleeps. There will be no... Dog barks. Marcus won't drop his usual string of filth. <laughs> very true. Uh, it's going to be very different. I think this is a podcast you could take to your local church, right? And you should. You absolutely you should. should burn it to a CD and distribute it. You should at your church. Who needs, Sunday mornings. Who needs reviews more than the church? Because never mind. I'm going to stop there because this is a family friendly. It is. Podcast. That's good. I so let's get stopping there. Let's get to the, the first listener. Re- appreciate you stopping there. That yeah. Let's just so stop our boss Stefan appreciate you. Some weeks, there. some weeks we'll only have one review. This week we're going to do three just to get things right. started. Good point. 
Mark, and please begin. Well, let's get to our first review then of Be Kind Rewind, starring Jack Black. Uh, rewound this tape all over, and it's blank. Really? This video don't work. Yours looks like this. Look, look, look. All the tapes are blank. It's the TV, Mike. Show me how... Why is it doing that? Does that happen when you do it? Uh-oh. What is wrong with you? Why is it doing that when you do that? You're magnetized. You erased these tapes. It's you. You gotta find new tapes. I got a better idea. Follow me. When you're walking down the street yeah. and you see a little ghost, what? what you gonna do about Ghostbusters? What? What? What is that? That's the Ghostbusters theme song. No. I'm pretty sure it is. Something strange. Stay where you are. I'm on my way. Then I got slime. That wasn't bad. What else y'all got? I will shoot you, and I know robot karate. Nothing from nothing, These are not just simple remakes. What's happening to our eyes? Our version is better. Our version is only 20 minutes. You gotta have something. We're celebrities now. People recognize me in the street. Go over the kids. Go now, kids, and now. Why do I have to kiss Wilson? You have to keep her from blowing your I'm head off. Amateurs. People want to see these movies. I have a warrant to destroy all your tapes. The FBI warning, it's at the beginning of the tape. But we erased that. Damn, they're good. They can shoot any style. You name it, we shoot it. Be kind, rewind videos a la carte. Nothing from nothing, beat the band. With heart and soul. Driving Miss Daisy. Okay! Okay, okay! Not the spot. Are you? Are you damn? Knock it off! Don't you talk to me like that! Go like the wing, run! Run, okay! So, this is Be Kind Rewind. I did not I know this said. was a Michael Gondry. This is a Michael Gondry film. Uh, what will we know you, him from? Uh, um, you might know him from Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless yes, Mind, one of my all-time favorite movies. Science of Sleep. Uh, yes. And one then, excellent movie, one terrible movie, definitely. Absolutely. One of the better movies in a long time and one of the much worse movies in a long yes. time. Absolutely. I was a huge fan of Michael Gondry's after Eternal Sunshine, saw Science of Sleep, and I cried in my pillow quite a bit. And so... When it I got looked it, awesome, but it was just exactly not very good. visually very interesting. Terrible script. Terrible. So terrible. How did this uh, well compare? Yeah, I went in, what side of the uh, fence did it fall on? Somewhere in between. Really? Um, I went into this with some trepidation just because of Science of Sleep because I hated it so much. While I appreciated the visuals, it was just so absolutely boring. The visuals were not enough to make that movie. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't even tell someone to watch it for that. Is this out at the actual theaters already? Be kind. Yes, it oh. is. Um, just so people know, we're going to always probably be a little late on the reviews, but uh, we're never here to be on time. We're here to, to deliver our opinions and our judgments onto the pop culture world. And I'm assuming generally um, it'll probably be DVDs anyway. Generally, yes. DVDs, I think we could even expand into books and music and whatever else, whatever we have to have to fill time. But, uh, <laughs> or weeks, as the case may be. Um, so yeah, I went into this with trepidation. Um, I love Michael Gondry's style, his film style. He's very simple. 
Uh, he tends to be very practical. He doesn't rely on CG, uh, which is very nice. Um, and so I appreciate that side of him. But I went into Be Kind not knowing what to expect other than I'm kind of tired of Jack Black. Um, he's a funny guy, but he's kind of getting to be an old bit at this point. He tends to play the exact same character in every movie, kind of goofy, a little off. Even in King Kong, well, he was you know, a little off. Yeah, a little bit. And then he's been in a couple of these romantic comedy dramas also, mm-hmm. like, uh, like uh, the one with Kate Winslet, which I can't recall the name. And there's another one, Margo and the Wedding, that just came out. Mm-hmm. And he can play that role pretty well as well. So maybe he'll, much like Robin Williams or someone, you know, expand yeah. what he does later on in life. But I agree with you, the same comedic bit gets was, a little tired. Isn't that movie where the two girls switch houses? That's the one, That's the one yeah, I'm yeah. talking about. I can't remember the name. Is that the right girl now, next, not the girl next door. What is that? No, uh, no. Anyways, re- regardless. Yeah. Um, so the premise of this film is basically it, it centers around most deaf who plays Mike and Jack Black, who plays Jerry. Uh, Jerry is, he's a more exaggerated version of the usual Jack Black character, except he's, a little more off than usual. He wears foil hats, tinfoil hats, things like that. He's, he's a uh, very white trash, uh, et cetera. Most deaf is kind of a, a, a codependent, um, guy who works at a shop under the care of Danny Glover. It's a videotape shop in the middle of New York or uh, not New York. Um, regardless, is this, is this present day? It's kind of like most of his movies. It's kind of just out there. It's timeless. Just for everyone to know, it's the holiday that we were referencing. The other movie. Oh, The Holiday, yes. Yeah, where he plays a slightly different character. But anyway. It's kind of timeless. I mean, there's not many references to technology other than videotapes. I'm just thinking videotapes kind of dates it, like, about well, at least 15 years. And that's the thing. It's it's videotapes and DVDs. It's, it's uh, all about the competition between the two. This guy owns a videotape store, videotapes only. And so, of course, he doesn't have many options. And uh, so he has a very select customer base. And uh, Danny Glover, who's a shop owner, goes off to take a trip and uh-huh. he leaves the, the shop in the care of Mike most F and he says, do not let Jerry come in. Well, for some reason I can't remember and really wasn't that important. Jerry decides he needs to take out a power plant and because somehow it's affecting the neighborhood, the shop's going to get shut down and somehow this will save it. I don't know. Uh, sounds like a very thin plot, but. very thin. Yes. Uh, in the process of trying to destroy the power plant, he gets magnetized. Ah, so, then he comes back to the shop. He's walking sideways. He's acting even more wacky. He's very angry. And in this process of trying to straighten up tapes for Mike, he ends up erasing all of them because it's like an EMP and he erases all the videotapes. Uh, so when this happens, customers come back and they tell him. And uh, one lady, uh, played by Mia Farrow, uh, she really wants to see Ghostbusters because she's never seen it. Mm-hmm. And so... She says that unless she gets her copy of Ghostbusters, she's going to tell, tell Mr. Fletcher, who is Danny Glover. And it has to be a VHS copy. And it has to be a VHS yeah, copy. Okay. So Jerry and Mike team up, and they produce their own version of Ghostbusters in two hours. And from there, it's such a hit that they begin producing all these other ones. Uh, they're called sweeted versions of the movies, and that's where it continues. And really what this movie's about is it is a complete love story to film and cinema and the the process of creating something uh, in that, that creative spirit. and uh, Which we have to appreciate a little bit. A little bit, because we do it. And we it, do do two shows a week now. Exactly, and I think we've had many creative projects, whether it's crossbeat.net, 
yeah. or uh, or Media Sharks Media back Sharks, in the day, or just entertainment. Yep. Uh, so yeah, absolutely appreciate it. And coming soon, RoundShirts.com. Absolutely. Uh, Thought we were keeping this serious. <laughs> so I am. I'm dead serious. The good side of this movie, once again, Michael Gondry um, with the visuals. He doesn't go overboard like he did in Science of Sleep. Um, he's not as minimalist as he is in Eternal Sunshine. He's somewhere in between. How's, and, uh, how's most death? Because I think he's an extremely underrated actor. He is a very good actor. Um, the movie I first saw him in was it was on HBO. Let me see what it was called. Uh, it was something the Lord made on HBO where he played Vivian Thomas, who was the first black surgeon. He was extremely good in that. The problem I have with most death in this movie is that he's very understated, um, which is appropriate to his character, but he's a complete mush mouth, too. There are complete sentences where I have no idea what he said in this movie. Just because the mic either wasn't close enough or he was being a mushmouth. Mm. And that was a real problem. Uh, but he was good, regardless. Jack Black, like I said, I'm kind of tired of his bit. He, was, he did what he usually does. Danny Glover did what he usually does. The kind of gruff, um, uh, little beaten down shop owner type guy. You know, the same character he always plays. Uh, Mia Farrow was... Have you, well, have you seen him in Switchback, Danny Glover? Um, no, I haven't. It's actually a pretty good movie. It has him and... Um, Oh man, I'm having a hard time recalling people's names. Jared Leto, okay. uh, and he plays a kind of a psychotic serial killer. Really, it's, it's pretty interesting because he, you know, he's a likable guy who's actually uh-huh. a serial killer, but also helps out, you know, helps out this other guy throughout this movie. It's just mm-hmm. kind of I don't know. It's a little bit different for him. Is he's not playing lethal weapon funny guy or right. rough guy? Yeah, or the kind of beaten down. Yeah, or the beaten down lethal weapon guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, the uh, I have no problems with the acting. It was all fine. Um, what I do have a problem with, and this was the hardest part, uh, I really hated the first half hour of this movie, uh, just because it was so unbelievable. The power plant story, the power plant, the magnetized stuff. Once Jack Black, and there's a point he's magnetized for about half an hour. Once you get past that, aside from the Ghostbuster stuff in which he is still magnetized, it becomes an enjoyable movie for me. The, the magnetized stuff was all a little too wacky. Um, and one thing I realized at the very end of this movie is if you, if, when you go into any Michael Gondry movie, you have to abandon science and you have to, I had a hard time with that because there are so many scientific flaws in this movie. There's a point when Jack Black is kind of reaching out his hand and I think it's Mia Farrow who has the videotape, uh, the blanked out Ghostbusters and the tape, him being magnetized, somehow the tape flies from her hand to his. The scientific problem here is that it's videotapes, not magnetic. Yes. Videotapes don't have any metal in them. They have screws. Which, they have a little bit of metal. They're usually plastic screws. No, they're usually metal uh-huh. screws. Are they? And they have yes. all the little rods. Hmm. Okay, maybe that's a little acceptable. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, I thought they were all plastic in videotape. Nah, I'm it, pretty sure there's at least a tiny bit of metal. Okay, still, the, the tiny bit of metal, he's whatever. Depends um, <laughs> on how magnetized he is. If he's magnetized enough to erase yeah. hundreds of videos, he's pretty magnetized. It's scientifically correct. Yeah. Um, I won't ruin the way the side effects from the magnetized or magnetization or the way he gets rid of it. It's all very stupid, and it gets to be a little too much. It's funny the first time the side effect happens when it happens like three times. I'm done. It was completely ridiculous. Does he wear a red helmet like Magneto? No, he doesn't. Unfortunately, oh. I was kind of hoping for that. Um, but once you get past that and you abandon your belief in science, you realize that Michael Gondry only uses science to serve the story. And there was another problem later in the movie. Where Funny thing is, though, they are actually talking about erasing memories. 
Yeah, a, no, you're absolutely right. And he right. was using that as science and eternal sunshine. That's true. Um, there, there was a point where the shop was getting sued because of copyright infringement. Um, when there is some point in my mind, um, considering parody law, yeah. that um, well, that's not science. That, that could be contested. No, no, I'm saying okay, that, that's true. It's not science, but there's a lot of little little bumps in the road that kind of throw you for a loop. True. But if you can get past those. What Michael Gondry is really good at are the small moments between characters. Uh, that's what was so great about um, Eternal Sunshine with Kate Winslet and Jim Carrey. It was the small moments in that movie, you know, that were very, uh, very real, uh, very real conversations, which were lost and boring in uh, Science, Science of Sleep. Sleep. Yeah, and, and maybe part of that was the the fact that it was a foreign language, and it, maybe it's hard to pick up on the nuances. But even that, sometimes those things translate, and it just didn't translate in Science. I think of body Sleep. language is fairly universal. Body languages, but the nuances of speech, yeah, of vocal patterns, maybe. True. Maybe it would be better if I knew French. Uh, but as it was, Science of Sleep was terrible. And so when I got past all of that and I realized what this movie was about and where it was going, I actually ended up liking it quite a bit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I would say if you enjoy uh, Michael Gondry at all, if you enjoyed Eternal Sunshine, I would say maybe wait a little while until it's at the Dollar Theater. But overall, I would say a thumb up. Absolutely. One thumb up, one thumb sideways. So, so do each of us rate everything with two thumbs? I don't know. We I guess suppose we got <laughs> we got six thumbs between us. Yeah. So uh But we yeah. can't rate anything. We can't rate it cuz we haven't seen it, so. That's true. That's true. You just, but, get, you just get one thumb for your rating. All right, exactly. one thumb, one thumb up then. Okay. All right. Moving on. Do no. they finish it? That's the question. Um, so, Dave, you're first taking disclaimer more. about war is mm-hmm. the previews completely lead you the wrong way. Uh, okay, is there a war? Jason Statham and Jet Li are pretty much not at war in this movie. <laughs> ah, nice. That's not good. That's then. awesome. Yes. Okay, so war is Jason Statham, Jet Li. It's an action movie, but unfortunately, it's, most of it's not based around karate, which is probably what they're both best at in action movies. What kind so, of action is it based around? Just normal guns. It's supposed to be generic the, action. Just yeah, two like, Chinese um, like mob families. Basically, the war that is talked about throughout the movie is the war between the two Chinese mob families. Mm. The storyline are they is, each? Uh, I'm sorry. Are they uh, each part of one of the families or? No. Okay, okay. the storyline okay. is Jason Statham's a cop. Him and his partner are investigating one of the families. His partner gets killed by an assassin from the other family. You think it's going to be Jason Statham trying to get revenge for his partner? Yes. Going after the assassin. Turns out the majority of the movie, the assassins, the Jason Statham and the Jason Statham and the assassin have nothing to do with each other. Jason Statham is trying to stop the war between the two families from starting. The assassin is trying to start a war between the two families. They're not actually fighting each other. Is Jet Li the assassin? Jet Li is the assassin. Okay. And the previous leader, you believe, they fight the whole entire movie. 
And really, they only, they don't fight until the very end. Ah, uh, okay. The whole movie is about the two families starting a, about Jet Li trying to start a war between the two families. Okay, so the war was the two families. Yes, the war was not between almost the two guys. nothing to do with Jet Li and Jason Statham. It sounds like this movie barely com- delivers on any level. It was not terrible, but <clears throat> it's not at all what the previews made it out to be. Right. But that aside, is it actually a decent quality film? It's decent. I would have liked to see more of Jet Li doing karate because he's awesome at it. Yeah. And he really he doesn't have a ton of action. A lot of it is Jason Statham, but it's not even him doing as much karate as he normally does. Hmm. Is he is Jet Li done with just epics or is he done with all action movies now? I'd heard some I've heard both that he was done with martial arts epics and that he was done with action movies. I don't know. I think he's pretty much done doing Chinese movies. I see. Okay. That tend to be the That's based okay. in the olden times. That's unfortunate yeah, because Hero was greatness. Hero was awesome. Yes. And Hero is not even his best movie. What's his best movie? His best movie is Black Mask. Um, is that no, no, no. that? An old uh, one of his old Mandarin movies where he I can't exactly remember the name of it. Maybe uh, The Duel, I think is what it was released as in America. Um, and uh, he has tons of it's, yeah. We're it <laughs> never gonna uh, find it on here. <clears throat> could have been Twin Warriors. Anyways, yeah. it's it's great. It's about him and a brother, and they grow up in an orphanage, and they get estranged, and they end up being leaders of basically two separate things of fighting. It's really good. Well, I think heroes. You know, not to divert, but I think heroes great just based on everything in the movie, the color mm-hmm. scheme, the you know the other characters in it. But uh, yeah, that's yeah. unfortunate that that's not more about like what you're saying. There. Anyone that thinks they like Jet Li in his American movies, you have to see all his old Mandarin and Chinese movies. They're greatness. But um, that's pretty much it. I was pretty disappointed in the movie itself that they didn't really fight until the very end, and then they still barely did. I'm not <laughs> going to give anything away, but was it's not. There's a they they try to make a big twist at the end. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. kind of as a letdown of a twist. Hmm. and it it just it, i have to give it a thumbs down <coughs> just from the billing of it right. that they they build it as a huge war between the two and it does not deliver thumb down i have to give it a thumb down so is it really jason statham just wearing a jet Li mask it's pretty much jason statham in a cop movie uh, and then okay. Jet Li is on the side is, uh, on sidelines until the very end is lee acting in english or is he acting in mandarin it's english it's english yeah it's unfortunate because I think he's a better actor than uh, his English limitation shows sometimes, especially when you see the aforementioned hero, um, which if anyone hasn't seen it, I think that is something that is probably should be on your must-watch list if you like action movies at all or if you like historical epics at all. It's a great movie. I thought it should have gotten the praise that – I know this isn't a Jet Li movie, but the Crouching Tiger yeah, got. Absolutely. Yeah. It was better than Crouching yeah, Tiger. Yeah, I thought so too. But at the time, Crouching Tiger was – Something most Americans hadn't witnessed before. Yeah, uh, it was true. Like that. Absolutely. That's true. So thumb down, huh? I have to give it a thumb down. I hate to, but I have to. Because I like both of those people, and I like both their action movies. But right. Yeah. It just... I think yeah. the fact that they tried to sell it as something it wasn't, I have to give it a thumbs down. Yeah, that's, that's unfortunate. unfortunate. A thumb down. <laughs> I've Jinx. Five. Coke. All right. Well, let's get on to the... Uh, let's go into the vault. We'll go into the vault for this week. I don't know that we'll do this every week, but yeah, we'll do as it this it, week. As it so happens. Now this uh, 
Obviously, that was the 24 intro for anyone who's watching any television. Uh, <laughs> if you haven't, now you know. Exactly. Knowing is half the battle. I, uh, I, for one, have not watched a lot of television. I was uh, in school for many years. Uh, Amish. You know, eight or nine years. Mm-hmm. And I uh, didn't have a lot of time to watch television, so I put off all the good series. And I kind of like to do that anyway. So you only made it to ninth grade? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, you know, I way to derail me. I appreciate it. <laughs> in, the, in the series show. <laughs> But uh, totally serious. But during this, uh, during the college years, I tried to put things off because I just didn't have time to watch it week to week. And this one, um, this one, I think twenty four is much better watched if you can watch, you know, like a five or ten episode block. Anyway, agreed. I don't think I'd want to. I like to watch it in about twenty four episode blocks. <laughs> well, yeah, I would. But when I watched the first season, I stayed up all night and I literally watched it in one long block. <laughs> Jeez, man, that's it was awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, I am the, awesome. The okay. problem I have is this is just a side note on it. I was also late coming to the table on the Shield and the Sopranos, mm-hmm. so I actually and you and you've just a note. You've seen the Shield and the Sopranos both in full now. I've seen yes, I've seen the complete as much as you can right. of the Shield and the complete series of the Sopranos. So you which, saw twenty. You started twenty four as the very last yes. of the triumvirate, of which I think Dave and I both recommended, having seen all three. Yeah. Whereas I started with I think twenty four. Yeah, and and uh, Sopranos. But having seen the quality level of the Shield and the Sopranos until the last season, you can mm-hmm. argue about the Sopranos. But the Shield every season gets better. Right. Watching twenty four. Is a slight of yeah, it's a slight letdown. I understand I'm on the first season of twenty four, but some of the stuff is just so outrageous. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to let go of reality. You have to complete very much. <laughs> which which you do not have to do in the Sopranos and the Shield, which is why I like those. Right. But twenty four is just so implausible sometimes, it just drives me nuts. It mm-hmm. drives me insane. I like the show. I yeah. love it, but sometimes it drives me completely insane. Especially when it comes to technology and yeah. the hacking. Yes. Like especially um, when Chloe, when you meet Chloe. Um, or really, even in the first season, just they do some of the most improbable things. Well, season ever. one, for people who don't know or don't remember, uh, is the assassination attempt on current Senator Palmer mm-hmm. as he's running for president, which has some parallel to our current uh, election situation here in the U.S. Yeah, it could. Um, anyway, and you know, uh, Jack's family gets captured. Jack Bauer, played by Keith Sutherland, who is no the main knows, is the main uh, agent of this government agency called CTU, mm-hmm. counter terrorist uh, unit. Counter-terrorist unit. Yeah. And um, his family gets captured in about episode three, I believe, his, yeah. or at least his daughter does, uh, by a couple of guys. Alicia uh, Cuthbert. Yes, Alicia Cuthbert uh, from The Girl Next Door, what? a couple other movies. Yeah, yeah, and um, but a beating. Yes, and a beating. <laughs> Later on, his his wife gets captured as well. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, to my understanding and discussions with you and things I've read, they did 13 episodes, didn't know if they were going to get picked up for a full season. And the first 13 episodes are pretty good quality. Mm -hmm. They're pretty good quality. You can kind of tell that the second half of the season, they're trying to do filler for 24 episodes. How many times these people get captured (laughs) in different ways just blows my mind that they can't find a safe place in this entire country to stay for a freaking day without being captured multiple right. times. Or, in the case of Alicia Cuthbert, uh, Kim Bauer on the show, mm-hmm. she puts herself in stupid positions multiple times to get captured. Yeah. She could have escaped. There's a, there's a point where she could have escaped a uh, this facility she's being held in because one of the guys inside it ends up being kind of a, I don't know, kind of a nice guy, is a thing for whatever. 
and he's ready to let her out. She hears her mom, so she decides the best idea is to go back and be captured with her mother, opposed to leaving and finding help for both of them. That kind of stuff drives me insane, yeah, and that's in the first thirteen episodes. Get ready for six more seasons of that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that, well, that, that's the, the the biggest problem with twenty four is uh, the leaps of logic you have to make, just like Michael Gondry movies sometimes. Yeah, uh, I don't like to have to do the, that. That's why I like the Shield annoying. so much better. It's and the Sopranos, even in the crappy years, I mean, it's not there was none of that. It you, was may, all, you may not make it through. Six seasons of 24 then. Because you really do. You have to let yourself get into the show and realize Uh, that all the technology they use is completely unbelievable. Yeah. Yes. Well, Um, just they're able to download complete onto cell phones that probably could barely text message when they came out. (laughs) They're able to download complete GPS maps with 3D back in the year 2000 or whenever the show started. Yeah. They have like heat sensors on their cell phones and. They can access Everything. satellites. Yes. You yes. know what's funny is, uh, just as a side note, I think I want to say it's season five. Um, Jack is, is in this airport, and he's trying to resolve a hostage situation. It's at the very beginning, so it's not a huge spoiler. Yeah. But he's trying to resolve a hostage situation. He's inside the airport. Literally, within probably four or five episodes in which he's stuck in this airport, he switches cell phones like three times. He has a trio at one point. He has a regular, uh, regular you know, stupid phone. And then he goes back to like a BlackBerry. It's just, it, it's so obvious there. That's the other thing is the, the product promotional placement. product placement. It gets really bad in the later seasons with Cisco. With mm. Cisco and their telepresence software, especially in this latest season, when they meet up, they have these huge screens that say Cisco. And all the phones <laughs> have this big label that says Cisco. They do that on the it's office, like, oh, too. Oh, God. Stop. Yeah. yeah. But uh, anyway, I'm, I'm currently about halfway through season two. Yeah, and I find season two to be better than season one. Yeah, but it still has a lot of those moments. My, now, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say now one of my favorite things from the first season um, is actually the current senators and later presidents' uh, wife and her yeah. interaction. Sherry Palmer. Sherry Palmer is one of the most devious characters that I've seen absolutely. on a television show, and I think she really adds a lot to it. Yeah, absolutely. It's unfortunate she comes in and out of it in season two, but I understand. I mean, mm-hmm. it gives you gratification at the end of season one that he divorces her. Yeah. But... Oh, well, you just spoiled that, but... Uh, well, it's like... If, I don't think anyone... <laughs> if you haven't yeah. seen it... If you haven't seen it... I've um, seen it by now. Wow. Then you were living in a rock like Dustin. Yes, it's, you were. Uh, it's played by... She's played I, by... I apologize uh, to all those <laughs> me's out there. Yeah, Sherry Palmer. That sure, sorry, Sherry Palmer is played by Penny Johnson Gerald, who uh, was for those of you who are sci-fi nerds like myself, she was on DS9 as Captain Cisco's girlfriend uh-huh. in the later seasons. Okay, this is my biggest beef about Twenty Four, and I mentioned this in my review of season six that I did for Pop Syndicate. Right, Which they're actually supposed wrote. to be the counter-terrorist unit headquarters is right. where most of the action takes place. Yes, every single season. Someone is able to sneak in past security with no problem and take the place over, basically. <laughs> and or blow it up. Or like blow it up or two. anything. Well, it's the most unsecure place I've ever seen. Well, keep in mind. <laughs> and it's supposed to be the counter-terrorist headquarters. Within every season, someone in either the presidential administration or the CTU staff is a turncoat. Yes. <laughs> Someone yes. that apparently they might have a better screening. No background checks. insane. Yes. Every season. That is my... That is my biggest problem with that show well is every single season someone is someone inside ctu is on the other side mm-hmm. and somehow ctu basically gets taken over or <laughs> harmed or something somehow yeah well the other thing is and i know this is a conceit of the show is that something 
cliffhangery happens at the at the top of every hour. At what point does Jack Bauer realize, hmm, we're almost at 2 o'clock. Wow, somebody's about to die. One fifty-five. we might want to start yeah. going on high alert. Yeah, maybe I should pull my gun out. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's that, that, I know, I realize it's part of the problem of the format. And I also, I also get yeah, tired of the repeated lines of, you have to trust me, millions trust of me. lives are at stake. But... Yeah. My favorite part of every yeah. season is... And something we can't say on the family-friendly one. Yeah. He says every time. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Go to YouTube. You'll find it. It's yeah. a whole montage. My favorite part of every season, though, is Jack's improvised torture. He always finds a reason to torture somebody. It doesn't matter who it is. A mom, like a soccer mom, <laughs> a terrorist, a CTU agent. He's going to torture his somebody. Brother, his own brother. His, his dad. own brother. <laughs> Isn't Just that why we go out. back to the show, though? Oh, it's so great. It's You have to suspend reality. <laughs> That's one of the positives. Like you said. So just going on season one alone, since you're watching season two, and we'll get to that probably later. You know, yeah. We'll review each season. We'll do a vault at some point. But uh, thumb up or thumb down? I'm or still, sideways. Or sideways. Can we do sideways? I, I think I so. Can do sideways. Because I think I'd have to give it a sideways. It's not bad, but it's probably worth... You know, is the it like DVD a 40? version? The DVD version, I'd probably yeah. give a thumbs up. I think it's good enough to watch. You can maybe do a forty-five degree angle thumb. No, I'll just say thumbs up. I don't want to get that complex okay. with, the, with the thumb formula. <laughs> but I would say, you know, if you want to rent it, I would rent it. I don't think I'd even buy it because you won't want to watch it twice. Yeah, I would never watch it again. But it's worth renting to see once. So I, just, I think that's a th- that's worthy of a thumbs up. And it's one of those shows I absolutely agree that you have to see back to back to back to back. Yes. And I think I might even on the next season, which is not scheduled to start till January of two thousand nine. I think I might wait and just wait till it's out on DVD. Even though I have been in the past one to watch it week to week, and it just kills me. Trust me, so it's better to watch I'm, that way if you can. I'm pretty much overdoing that with most shows. Yeah, Watching it every week. Yeah. There's very few shows for the me. The Office and Scrubs are pretty much my only normal well, TV shows. And those aren't those kind of shows either. You know, yeah. where you have to watch week after week. For me, it's like Battlestar I have to watch every week when it's on. Um, Stargate and stuff, which is fairly standalone. It's not, there's not a huge story arc on most of the Stargate. Yeah. Eureka, I can watch those standalone stuff. But anything with a massive arc like that, yeah. I'm getting to the point where I have to watch it like that. Cool. So I guess that's pretty much it for this week. Absolutely. I think this was a very successful first episode of Thumbs of Fury. I think we got the snowball rolling and we, we picked up speed on the I way I think down. so. Absolutely. Do you guys have anything? Do you know what you're going to review next week? I have one thing I want to review um, that I would actually like all three of us to watch if we can. And that is called... I, th- I think one review or maybe two would probably be good for most most uh, episodes. And well, maybe do a vault every now and again. Well, maybe you guys can watch this too. I think it would be interesting to once in a while have it where all three of us can comment on something. Besides, like we did on 24. I think it was very good. Um there's a documentary I have, which I've already watched, called For the Bible Tells Me So. And if any of you have seen that out there already, I think it just came out on DVD. It was from the uh, Independent Film Channel. Uh, give us a call, 214-329-9827, or email us at breakingamagmail.com, and give us your review. But it's about um, the misinterpretation of the Bible against homosexuals. It's a whole documentary about that and the persecution they face. It's very, It's a very interesting documentary, I'll say. So I was going to say, maybe all three of us can watch it, and we can talk about that next week. Um, and we'll see what else is. Uh, see what else in is the on pipe. tap. Absolutely. Uh, I might actually get around to the underdog review. Oh yeah, we have underdog so. and uh, national treasure, which has been what queued since November. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. I'm sure somebody out there hadn't seen it. Oh yeah, I'm sure. All so right, catch so you guys out, then. Uh, our uh, number again: two one four three two nine nine eight two seven. You can leave us any reviews you have of what we've said. It, if you like or dislike or have something you want us to watch, uh, just 
Well, we have a a separate email address for the show eventually? Um, Yeah, I can set one up. Uh, We'll worry about that in the next episode. Free thrones at Gmail Um, or something? Yeah, something like that. Um, Be sure and... uh, (laughs) Free uh, thumbs of fury at Gmail? Yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. If you're um, okay with non-family-friendly stuff, be sure to check out The Break Room at breakroom.org. If you like horror movies, check out Cinema Diabolica at cinemadiabolica.com and check out our friends at Paperbag Radio at paperbagradio.com and check out more reviews at popsyndicate.com. And all those podcasts can be found at popsyndicate.com. Absolutely. And you can find The Break Room on this feed if you're listening to The Break Room. Crawlspeed.net. Breakroom.org. Catch you guys next week with all the reviews and three punches to the face. Thumbs of Fury. It has been brought to you today by the letters B and P. And by the number six. Ah, one of the count's favorites.